following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Imari. Um, turn with me in your Bible to Second Timothy, chapter one, verse thirteen to eighteen. It's page nine nine five in a pew Bible. Hmm. Uh, let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your matchless love, your matchless name. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the gift of your word that we could learn of your character, your holiness, your mercy, your justice, and your love. God, we thank you that you are perfect and you give us all we need to be reunited in relationship with you. You provided the means for forgiveness for our sin in the person of Jesus Christ. We are so grateful for that. We pray now that your Holy Spirit would speak to us through your word. These are your words, and we are so grateful for that. We pray that you would move among us for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Hmm. Well, I do want to thank everyone that was involved in the live nativity last night, uh, which just uh, blown away. Um, everyone did such a wonderful job, and it's a wonderful crowd uh, of people. Um, and as somebody said, are these all people from your church? And I think this slide may be 12 people or so that were uh, part of our fellowship that were not in it, that were here, and all kind of other people that weren't. So very grateful for that. That was the purpose. It would have been really sad if if all of you were up here and, and then, <laughs> you know, okay, that's it. Um, well, I'm very grateful for that, and it shows the Lord at work, and I'm very thankful, and thankful for all the uh, tireless effort or tired effort, I guess, uh, that went into uh, all of the scenery and the costumes and the food downstairs and songs and and uh, uh, direction is just wonderful. I'm really, really tired. <laughs> well, anyway, amen. Let's close in prayer. No. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, we live in a time and a place where it seems like the goalpost is always moving, where something is perfectly acceptable one day and totally offensive the next. And our day and age is marked by the constant ebb and flow of the flawed conscience of culture, uh, that it's impossible for one to stand firm in any one spot for very long. I'm sure there are plenty here that remember when it was okay to say Merry Christmas, and we've been 
angry about Walmart not letting their greeters say Merry Christmas to people for years, but um, it seemed like things uh, that are held in honor one day are reviled the next. And what is totally innocuous one day is highly offensive the next day. The pattern of this world is ever-changing. We think maybe it's odd that this is just a weird time that we live in, but it's not. It's been happening from the beginning. The pattern of this world has always been ever-changing and highly subjective, and the standards of people change from one town to the next, um, from one hour to the next. And here the church sits right in the middle of it. We, uh, the church often gets accused of being irrelevant because we don't change that quickly. Uh, maybe we're, amen to that. But the truth is, as much as we like to think that's true, the church in our age has just as much been tossed to and fro by the waves of preference and bias as the rest of the world. What was once considered good is now tossed aside as irrelevant. And what was once considered holiness and righteous living is now considered old-fashioned and out of date. And God forbid that anyone should deny themselves in order to follow Christ. After all, he didn't tell us to do that. (laughs) Thank you for laughing. The reason that our culture floats around like flotsam and jetsam on the high seas is because it has lost sight of Jesus. The real Jesus. And the reason that the church flops around like that today is exactly the same reason. We have surrendered the definition of following Christ to our preferences and have forgotten the pattern that has been laid out for us. So our text for this morning, 2 Timothy 1, 13 through 18, page 995 in the Pew Bibles. The Apostle Paul is writing to his young protege, Timothy, from his imprisonment in Rome, and he gives him a stern reminder that the church would do well also to follow in these turbulent times. Hmm. Let's look at the word together. Verse 13. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You are aware, excuse me, that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Figilus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Anisiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he has rendered at Ephesus. May the Lord's blessing be on his word. I've often said that there are two ways of gaining wisdom in this life. I'm sure I'm not the first one to say it this way. There's two ways of gaining wisdom, either from your own experience 
or you can gain wisdom from the experience of others. Now, I don't know how things work for all of you, but I know for me, I find myself starting at doing something the hardest way possible and then working my way towards easy. But in some rare cases, I reach out to others and try to learn from their experience. Sometimes you just have to jump into something, but sometimes it doesn't hurt to watch a video of somebody else jumping in there first. And Paul did that for Timothy. He set him an example of not only living for Christ in the world, but of being a good steward of the calling that God had given him and the use of the resources that God gave in order to do the job. He had warned Timothy to not be afraid or ashamed, but to do the work in the power of God. Oftentimes, I think that we find ourselves in desperate need of a Paul to our Timothy, someone to set a good pattern for us to follow and teach us how to live and serve the Lord in a right and proper way. I personally have had the wonderful blessing of um, many different people in my life who have set a good pattern for me to follow. Um, how I work and how I live and even how I preach and how I mow my lawn are based on the examples set by other people, whether they know it or not. But this is not the case with everyone. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Where? You can't tell who was in the production last night. We're all a a little punchy this morning. Well, we may not all have people in our lives that set a godly standard for us to follow, but what we do have is the Word of God, the Bible. Paul writes in verse 13, Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me. Oh, if only someone had written down those words. (sighs) And now I've thought over the years of being kind of jealous of the people in the scripture. Like Timothy, he had something that we didn't have. Timothy knew what Paul looked like. (laughs) Right? He saw him with his own eyes. He knew Paul personally. Right? The twelve apostles knew Jesus. They they knew whether or not he looked like that guy in the paintings that we have or not. I think probably not. Timothy saw with his own eyes and heard with his own ears the things that Paul had said. What an awesome privilege that is. And I often have found myself jealous of that. But the truth is, we have something much greater than that, that Timothy did not have. The internet. <laughs> that, wow. This, uh, maybe we stop and pray for a minute. <laughs> what we have that Timothy did not have besides the internet was Paul's master work recorded 
in His Scripture. Not only that, but we have the words and works of Jesus accurately recorded. The reason that culture flails and flops around is because they have no standard outside of themselves and their own preferences and opinions. There's, there's the only standard the culture holds is the opinions of other people, which are just as fallible. It's like a dog chasing its own tail. It, even if it catches it, it doesn't win. Just round and round. But the reason that the church flops and flails around is because we have lost sight of the sound pattern of the words of Jesus and the apostles. Now, if you hear nothing else from me today, please hear and understand this one thing. There's not permission to stop listening after I say this, but <laughs> if you hear nothing else, know this, that the Bible in its original language is 100% true and accurate and reliable. It can be trusted and it can and should be obeyed. I've had conversations with people and they about the Bible and they say, well, the Bible's all full of contradictions. It contradicts itself all over the place. You ever heard anybody say that? And your response clearly is, okay, can you show me one? Because if you do say that, it stops the argument because they can show you any. <clears throat> we can trust God's Word. Those that don't trust God's Word don't know God's Word, unfortunately for them. The Bible is made up of 66 books, not just one book, 66 books written down by around 40 different men over the span of 2,000 years and on three different continents. And yet, remarkably, it is completely consistent in its message throughout. It is absolutely without contradiction. Now, you remember the movie that came out a few years ago about a Dead Sea Scrolls, the Da Vinci Code. Remember that? Right? And they say we discovered in the Dead Sea Scrolls, it said that Jesus had a wife and had all, all this, and the FBI and this, I don't know, and Dan Brown and Tom Hanks. And we're in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Hollywood would have you believe that the Dead Sea Scrolls would contradict the scripture that we have today, but that's not true. The Dead Sea Scrolls further prove the authenticity of the Bible, and it's entirely consistent to the Bible that we read today down to the letter. That's a beautiful thing. This is the oldest manuscript that we have. The pattern of sound words that Timothy heard and we can read is to be treasured and to be followed and to be trusted. We can trust God's word. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. In our day and age in the church, faith and love are, are cool. We're good with that. But doctrine, well, it's kind of a drag. It's dry and boring. Faith and love make us relevant, right? Jesus all about faith and love. 
But a pattern of healthy teaching is old school and boring. We have been tricked into thinking that faith and love are the pattern, the entirety of the pattern. Just believe in Jesus and love everybody and don't judge and we'll be effective, we'll be good witnesses for Jesus. It's not true. J.P. Lang wrote, Faith and love are the vase that holds the flower of healthy doctrine. Faith in Jesus and love for God and our neighbor are absolutely necessary and are part of the pattern, but they are not all of the pattern. We can forget about the Bible's definition of sin, the Bible's definition of holiness. We can expect to be effective for the gospel in this world if we refuse to live according to the pattern of the sound words given to us in Scripture. We can forget that in following the pattern laid out for us in Scripture, that we don't just follow the pattern like a lifeless robot. I go to church every Sunday and I sit and stand and pray and sit and stand and pray and leave. And that's, that's what we call religion. If it's just checking off the boxes to make sure you get your boxes checked so God won't be mad at you this week, that's not right. That's religion. It's empty and you're wasting your time. You'd be better off planting flowers in a snowbank. It's just as effective. Looks good for a little while, but not long. We can, we also cannot ignore the pattern altogether, the pattern that scripture gives us for the sake of love and unwillingness to offend anyone. I've often said when you want to share the gospel with someone, you don't start off with your sinner and bound for hell. But, you know, it's still true. (laughs) We are to follow the pattern of sound doctrine in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. That is to follow the pattern of Jesus with Jesus in relationship and fellowship with him. I've had a conversation with a friend lately who keeps making statements about Jesus and his uh, political leanings and I ha- I haven't brought I haven't gotten to the point where I'm ready to respond quite yet but I say well Jesus was a socialist and I think how about them patriots let's t- can we talk about something else um, we can Imagine a Jesus that's separate from a scripture just because it fits our agenda. That's wrong. We have been given a pattern to follow and we follow the pattern of Jesus with Jesus. So we can't forget him. If we're just following the pattern and remove a relationship with the Lord Jesus himself, what are we doing then? is still planting flowers in a snowbank. I'm not talking about following rules in order to make Jesus love us. 
or to avoid God's smite button, but following Jesus' pattern because we love Him and we trust Him and we want to be with Him and we want to be like Him. And it, we have an expression in our house. Uh, sometimes when some individual can't get something done, they say, I can't do this. I say, uh, what's the secret ingredient to getting things done? What is it? Effort. <laughs> It does take some effort on our part. Faith and love, just, hey, be a nice person. Don't think anything about anybody or say anything offensive to anyone, and you're good. And that requires zero effort at all. Just keep your mouth shut. In fact, crawl into a hole and bury yourself under a rug. You're doing the same thing, and it's just as effective. No. It does take some effort on our part. John Calvin wrote, We must beware lest we lose by our inclination to laziness what God has bestowed upon us, or lest it be taken away because we have been ungrateful or have abused it. For there are many who reject the the grace of God, and many who, after receiving it, deprive themselves of it altogether because... Yet because the difficulty of keeping it is beyond our own strength, he therefore adds, in verse 14, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. It's so easy to forget Jesus in following Jesus. It's so easy to neglect the resources of the Holy Spirit when we're trying to be a Christian. We just think, well, if I don't, murder people and rob banks and and drink too much and, you know, just be nice. That's good. That's But that's not it, really. I don't suggest that you start murdering people in the love of Jesus or anything. But we have the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. I think we often forget about that. I know I forget about that. I often feel like I'm just by myself, but I never am. And through faith in Christ, you never are either. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. Do you know that? If you have faith in Christ, He dwells within you. He is there. When you're speeding down a road, you're not the only one that knows about it. (laughs) The good deposit that was entrusted to Timothy was the work that God had given him and the resources to do that work. It's the same for each one of us. Now, it's very easy to separate this and think, well, it's just about doing the work. The good deposit is the work. No, the good deposit is the resources also to do the work. And what are the resources? It's the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. He's the one that empowers us to do anything. Again, Calvin wrote, Consider what God has given and to bestow care and application in proportion to the high value of that which has been committed. What has been committed to us through faith in Christ? Is it not God himself? Yeah. Okay, so if God has entrusted himself to us, we should pay attention to that. Should we not put high value on that? 
Yes, we should. Paul goes on to give Timothy some examples of people that he know he knew personally, both positive and negative. I said these names wrong the first time, but it doesn't matter. So I say it with confidence. Verse 15 says, You are aware of uh, that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Fugalus. His name was Fugalus. When you see a Y in a Greek word. Now you know. You know. You didn't know who I was talking about before, but Fugalus, you know him. Yeah. And Hermogenes. Fugalus and Hermogenes. There. You can impress your friends with that. I will say it's usually an honor to get your name included in Scripture, but not for these guys. Not like this. They led the charge. We don't know very, we don't know anything else about these two men other than they are named among the, those from Asia who had turned away from Paul. And certainly they had turned away in such a way that, uh, got them mentioned. Um, not a good example. But verse 16 says, May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Anisiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me and earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you all, you know well all the service he rendered at Ephesus. So what is the point that Paul's tried to make to Timothy? Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't be like Fugilus and Hermogenes, leading men who deserted Paul in his time of need. Remember, Paul is in a hole in the ground waiting to die. And his friends bailed. Instead, go above and beyond and be like Onesiphorus, who served well in Ephesus, who searched for Paul all over Rome, which was a huge city, millions of people. He wouldn't rest until he found Paul in that hole in the ground. And though Paul was a prisoner there, he was not ashamed of him. He was not ashamed to be associated with him, but often encouraged him and cheered him up in his distress. We also must not give up. We must not give up on following the pattern of sound words in faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit that has been entrusted to you. The pattern of sound words, the pattern of healthy doctrine is here in God's word, the Bible. We have more access to this treasure than any people who have ever walked the face of the earth. If you don't have one, Amy will show you the internet. <laughs> She'll tell you all about it. You can find it there. If you don't have a paper copy, look in a pew in front of you and take that one. We have a treasure that should be treasured by us. 
and not just held in reverence like a good luck charm, but read and read again and read again until the pages fall out and get another copy and do the same thing. We have a wonderful pattern to follow. This is how God has chosen to communicate the pattern to us. Okay? So let's hold it in the high regard that it deserves. Here we have all we need to know about faith in Christ and how to follow Him. The words are here that says what Jesus did for us and what we should do for Him. We have all that we need to know about what sin is and what sin's consequences are. Those definitions haven't changed. We have all we need to know about how to have a restored relationship with God the Father and how to live for Him and live for Christ and with Christ and have a place in God's eternal kingdom. It's all right here. God's Word is trustworthy. What's required of us is that we trust and obey. Trust the Savior and obey Him as Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for the sound words, the pattern that you have laid down for us to follow. But Lord, we need your help to follow it. Yes, it requires effort on our part, but unless that effort is empowered by your Holy Spirit, it will fall short. So we ask, Lord, for a special measure of your Holy Spirit to show us what your word really says and to follow, to trust you, not just uh, to trust you with the forgiveness of our sins, that you are our Savior, but to trust you that you have a good pattern for us to follow, to trust you as Lord, to allow you to order our life and priorities. Hmm. God, may this word sing deep in our hearts and change the way that we think and live. That the pattern we follow is your pattern and not the pattern of this world anymore. We love you, Lord, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you'd like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.